Welcome to Third Paradigm. We are your hosts, Clarity and Nuance. Third Paradigm is a digital third place, which is where people practice the art of conversation. The hosts and guests come from all backgrounds and different ways of thinking. We at Third Paradigm will discuss ideas and the facts of life with respect while pushing the envelope. Full disclaimer, hosts and guests will share their opinions. The opinions of our guests are strictly their own and do not represent the opinions of Third Paradigm. However, when we the hosts share facts, we will back them up with evidence. If we are wrong, we will make it right as soon as possible because that's integratable. Welcome to Third Paradigm. So Nuance, what episode are we on this evening? This evening, we're on the episode of the Grief and Loss Roller Coaster of, of 2020. Okay, awesome. So everyone, before we get started, first off, we want to say thank you so much for coming on and participating. And we did want to lay out a few ground rules. So first, let's make sure that we give everyone an opportunity to share. So if you have something to say, please wait until the other person is done sharing. Let's also please be respectful of other people's opinions. And I will keep track of the time. Um, so our time end will be at eight. And each question should take no more than five to eight minutes each to get through. So everyone gets approximately a minute and a half to speak. Also, please announce yourself every time you do speak. All right. So to get to know everybody, we're going to start with the quiz All right. We want to know who is better, Batman or Superman? Clarity, do you want to start? Yes, so hands down, Batman, because I don't know about you all, but I have never been a fan of Superman. To me, he's just, okay, I hate to say this, he's weak. Like, Batman is like that anti-hero that goes out and, like, saves the day. So I root for Batman. This is nuance. I'd have to agree. It's got to be Batman. I can't. I don't know. Superman, he's just a little too bit of a goody-goody. I got to go with my Batman. Uh, this is Chris. You, you know, you guys ask a lot of questions that are like, could be podcasts all by themselves. Um, so with that, I'd, I'd, I'd also go with Batman on this. Superman, he just doesn't seem to have like the moral complexity. He always does the right thing. And, and I like to see a little bit more nuance in uh, uh, my heroes, I guess. Mm. Yes, me here. I guess we're going to be keeping the Batman um, train going because I also go for Batman <clears throat> as well just kind of piggybacking off of what everybody else said batman just you know he's the anti-hero he has like a more dark complicated past and you know there's a lot more i guess you could say intelligence and thought that goes into everything he does in superman i just it just kind of feels like he's like almost like a empty place sitter for a goody goody perfect messiah hero and i'm like that's super boring and you know even in a sense when he's like what Clark Kent, it's almost even, I guess you could say it's even offensive, kind of like his caricature of what a human is with that. So, but yeah, I'm a Batman person for sure. Woot woot. <laughs> Hello, it's Valentine. Um, I would also choose Batman. I'm not much of a superhero fan, but um, Batman doesn't have a whole lot of powers and he still does a lot. and. Super, uh, Superman can does have powers, and it makes it very easy for him to flaunt that. So, 
All right, so Cam here. I'm definitely going with Batman just because I feel like he's more of someone who's not afraid to get his hands dirty. He has more grit, and I choose him off the fact that he has Alfred alone. Like, he has an incredible uh, support with him, and his gadgets are legit. I love it. Sounds like we've got a lot of Batman fans here. I love it. That seems appropriate on a grief and loss podcast episode, right? I know. I mean, we, someone's got to be the hero. <laughs> Did we get everybody? Did everybody get a chance to choose their superhero? Yep, I think we did. Sure. All right. So with, with that, we're going to get started on our episode. So traditionally, when we think of grief and loss, we tend to think about death loss. And with, you know, everything that has happened here in 2020 with the pandemic, there has been a lot of death loss, but there's also been a lot of non-death related loss. So the first question that we want to ask you all is what do we mean by non-death related loss? Uh, so this is Chris. Um, I mean, death loss can come in, in many forms. It can be like the loss of opportunities. Um, it could be the end of a relationship. I mean, it can happen in so many areas of our life that we don't normally think about grief or loss with. But, you know, at least for me, it, it seems to come up anytime there's something that was important to us in, in the present or the future. And, you know, it, suddenly it's gone. You know, especially there's that sudden quality to it um, that makes it harder to deal with. Thanks, Chris. Anyone else want to share their thoughts on on what they feel is the difference? Um, I will just Cam. Um, I think loss can also pertain to like your inner self, like maybe a loss of who you were and who you become. Uh, I think for some people that is a, a big thing, especially in, in 2020 dealing with the pandemic. A lot of people have seen a change in themselves as well as a change in their loved ones, personality-wise, behavior-wise. Especially as routines change, we don't realize how much our routines play a part in our life until we can't have that routine anymore. And we've seen a lot of people slip into uh, kind of like that depression and a lot of uh, behavioral changes that they normally wouldn't exhibit. Definitely. That's a great point. Thank you for sharing that. And this is Chris, and I'll piggyback a second off of that. Yeah, I mean, the, the loss of the sense of normalcy for all of us, you know, with these huge changes to every aspect of our lives, um, you know, that's a big thing. Definitely. Thank you, Chris. Hello, it's Valentine. I know that a lot of things have changed this year. Like, um, jobs have been lost. Uh, for me, I had a cruise planned with all of my family, and that was canceled. Um, and you just feel deprived with social interactions because you can't just go out as freely as you did before. Thank you. Um, it sounds like um, we, we kind of understand the definition of a non-death loss. Um, going into the second question and kind of piggybacking off with what was already said, can you guys tell us some of what non-loss losses you've had non-death and death related this year um, and maybe describe a little of your initial reaction to those losses. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, Yasmin here. I can go first for this one. Um, 
In terms of, I've had both death and non-death related loss during this year with the um, pandemic. And um, for non-death, it would definitely be loss of, like, you know, um, like job opportunity. I was definitely looking forward to an um, paid internship this summer. I'm a um, graduate student and, you know, I was really looking forward to this. It was going to be local. And once again, it's not all too common to find an internship that's not only paid, but paid pretty decently. And that got completely scrapped. And that was really disheartening for me, you know. And, um, you know, and I definitely think just kind of experiencing not being able to socialize with people, I... I feel that I deal with the lowered socialization a bit better than others because perhaps because it doesn't feel much different from what I did before. I still have core groups of friends that I still talk to and communicate with on a regular basis. But for me, you know, like, I guess I, I don't know. And this does not make me a better coper in this time per se. It's just, I guess for me, it's not as super devastating that I can't necessarily see my friends or hang out with them because I, you know, for me, the desire to keep all of us safe is more important to me. And, but that it does still take, it does still have an effect. And in terms of death related, um, due to the pandemic, I've um, experienced over 15 deaths of family members, um, friends, church members, associates, things of the like. I feel like I've been talking a long time, but those were my losses this year. Thanks, Yasmin, for sharing that. Um, That's a lot. That's a lot of losses that you have experienced. And, um, you know, I also um, thank you for mentioning, you know, the difference between, like, individuals who may be experiencing more introversion versus extroversion and how that can definitely play a role with, you know, how certain things affect each of us with this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Anyone else like to share? Uh, So this is Chris. Um, Yeah, I've I've thankfully only experienced uh, two death losses this year, but I, I work as a therapist and so I deal with, you know, 30 or more people's death losses as they come and deal with those throughout the year. Um, and so that's, that grief has kind of definitely touched me in that way. Um, personally, I mean, the, I guess the non-death losses have been, have been more significant so far. Um, you know, most are centered around that loss of freedom to see people engage in everyday life. Um, connections with longtime friends and, and, you know, people say, well, you know, just getting on Zoom calls with them. I'm like, I'm, I'm in a Zoom call for six to eight hours a day with clients. And uh, so I'm too Zoomed out after all that to, to really reach out to anybody. And so then there's also that feeling like uh, I'm, not, I'm not doing that reaching out, which kind of compounds it. Uh, and the other big non-death loss has probably been the, the loss of feeling of security over my business. I just started last year. And so then this happened. And suddenly, you know, I'm, I'm worried about every little thing going on with that um, and what it's going to look like over the next year. Thankfully, it's been not too bad, but, you know, it, it's still on the, on the, feels like it's always on the horizon. Yeah, there's a lot of 
lack of control in what I'm hearing from like what you're experiencing and like that feeling of being drained after you, you know, work with your client all day and not really feeling like you have the energy to really expand, expend or extend yourself any further to other people, um, which is very understandable. Um, I'll just say for myself, this year has been started off really rough. I lost my grandma um, at the beginning of this year. And then I found out that a childhood friend um, had killed himself. And that was excruciatingly, that in particular affected me really badly. Um, I was, it took me about a month to really start to see like the clear skies again. Um, but yeah. And then of course, COVID-19, then all the pandemic started. And I think my biggest, um, loss was the loss of the normalcy that I had been, you know, residing around, like being able to go to coffee shops and just kind of people watch and see my friends whenever I wanted to. Now I have to be careful about, you know, who I'm even able to be around. I have a very small group of people that I feel is safe enough to even extend myself out towards. So I think all of that has been hard. Yeah. And I think that that's, and, and I don't know what your situation is. Um, this is Chris again, by the way. Um, I don't know what your situation is, but you know, I think about that social isolation, especially for, for those who don't have anyone in the home. Right. Who, um, I have a number of clients who, you know, they don't have a live-in partner or anything. And so for them to stay safe, they also have to go through so much more isolation than those that are in relationships and have at least someone in the house to, to kind of connect with. Nuance um, speaking, just to kind of piggyback off both those, I don't know how I'd be getting through 2020 without my partner. Um, I lost my dad at the beginning of the year and then to go into COVID-19 and lose the freedom to kind of see the rest of your loved ones um, has been really hard and a hard change I think in everybody's life to go from being to hug somebody to you have to wave through a window at your grandma or your cousin or even a good friend is just been a struggle for all of us. Definitely, definitely. Does anyone else want to share um, before we move on to the next question? Sure, this is Valentine. Um, I haven't had any death losses this year, but um, I have felt the social isolation of not being able to be with my family. I live in Colorado now. All my family is in Michigan, so I don't get to interact with them during this hard time as much as I want to. And right before all this happened, my two oldest childhood pets passed away. I guess that would be a death-related loss. Yeah, that's definitely a death-related loss, you know, loss of a pet. I mean, they're family. They become family. Thanks so much for sharing. I think we can actually go ahead and move on to the next question. So um, I know some of us did kind of talk about how um, our losses have impacted us this year, um, but maybe if we wanted to go in a little more depth, like how it's affected us emotionally and mentally. So anyone, if anyone would like to start? Uh, this is Cam. I can start. I, I feel like the deaths, um, just to give context, I had three deaths in my family all within a five-month time frame. And I feel like 
emotionally, aside from just the pain of losing loved ones, there was also a lot of emotion that I had to deal with also that I really didn't know how to process. Um, I've experienced loss in my family before, so I knew how to process a, a single death. But it was really hard for me and my family for us to process our emotions with three deaths back to back. And it definitely was extremely overwhelming. And I really had to rely a lot on my family and friends to help get me through it. But I am a person where I really uh, thrive off of physical support. I like hugs and I like people that can actually be there. So it was difficult to get that support and still not have that uh, up close and personal interaction with the people I love and my family and friends. So I would say emotionally, the losses I've had really took a toll on us. And it was hard to process those emotions in the midst of a pandemic. And this is Chris. And yeah, and just to kind of um, add something to what she had said. Yeah, imagine that if your main way of, or one of your main ways of getting support is that physical touch, that this isolation is even, even more um, grinding on you too. So yeah, I imagine that makes it a lot more difficult. Um, for me, like as, as far as the impact, yeah, I mean, there's been a lot more anxiety this year, a lot more fear, right? Um, a focus on, on the potential things that could happen or could accumulate. Um, you know, again, it's the kind of like always looking at the horizon, wondering kind of what's next uh, in 2020, um, which is a very different state of mind for me than usual. Um, so yeah, that's, it's, it's definitely had that impact and also feelings of isolation. Um, you know, I haven't been able to see really anyone. I, I started isolating um, at the, basically the beginning of March and other than a couple weeks in the summer where I, I went out to do errands and stuff like that, um, I pretty much still haven't seen anybody. Um, it's me and my wife and, and our pets here, but, uh, and, and my mother is like the one person that we allow to come over because I know she quarantines pretty hard. Um, but yeah, other than that, it, it, we haven't really seen anybody for almost nine months. And, you know, looking at another however many months ahead of us, you know, there's some sadness there too. Definitely. And like to piggyback off of that, the fact of that we don't know when this is all going to be over and how much longer we're going to be separated from loved ones. I mean, I know like my husband, he is separated from his family across the border. Um, and we haven't seen our nieces and nephew for, my goodness, like almost a year. And I know it's hard on them. And that, that kind of, this is Chris again too, um, you know, that kind of makes me think too about like the impact on children who aren't getting to meet their extended families. Um, my, my wife's sister uh, had a son in the past year or so and we had still not, well, I haven't gotten to go meet him. Um, but I always think about like what's, what's the impact there on, on kids and not getting to kind of have that socialization with um, extended family and, and everyone else too. Definitely. But, um, yes, being here, um, we are talking about just kind of how we've just been emotionally dealing through everything that's happened with this year with the pandemic, correct? Correct. Um, 
This, it's been a roller coaster is the best way to describe it. I'll try to keep this um, succinct for time reasons. Um, I think the thing that I felt the most this year was rage and numbness and like a, and like with that numbness, like definitely like a very deep sadness and grief. Numbness because um, I typically, I have a trained response to big horrible events with numbness first because in a sense, I guess I don't know how to deal with it at first and I'm just trying to immediately just kind of cope with the news immediately and what needs to be done right after that. And it can take me a long time to officially feel. I've been doing better this year, but um, it's been gut-wrenching. I've, I've been having to very mindfully grieve this year over, excuse me, the deaths and um, just, you know, other non-death-related losses that I've dealt with. But then just, I think, rage because, and I'm not sure if I'm going to rub anybody's the wrong way or not but this is something that I have been feeling I think I've just been feeling a big rage I've been feeling enraged over people not being willing to look past themselves to protect others via a simple mask that has been a very big issue for me I've been enraged about how African-Americans are three times more likely to die if they catch the virus, which has been the case with these 15 people that died in my case. 14 out of 15 of them were black. Um, me as an immunocompromised person, I have a higher chance of dying from this than other people. And I'm black as well. Um, it's been extremely difficult. I agree with the other person. They're used to more physical forms of support. I'm cut off from my direct family mostly. You know, I've been seeing them a bit more because circumstances, but that still has to be very careful. But long story short, I think I have to work on me being highly cynical about humans and humanity because I don't think I've felt a greater disgust for people not wanting to protect others and protect themselves with just a freaking mask. It's just a mask and them being more concerned about personal liberty over protecting the collective whole and, you know, being so individualistic over, hey, let's band together and do this. I understand there's a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to get off my soapbox, but yeah, I've been mostly pissed off this year. <laughs> no, thanks so much for sharing that, Yasmin, because I think a lot of people are really are not taking into consideration the fact that there are other like communities that are being impacted by this so much more than others and just the reality that we need to really start being more considerate of other people and not be so consumed with ourselves and i think that is an issue that's been long standing and it's really coming to the forefront this year so unfortunately we are going to have to move on to the next question so i will let nuance take it away uh, so just thinking back basically off all of that, have people minimized your loss or losses this year, non-death, death-related? Um, 
And, and let's, yeah, go ahead. And let's start with someone who hasn't spoken. Valentine or Cam, would you like to start? Uh, yeah, I can start. This is Cam. Um, thankfully, this year I haven't experienced anyone downplaying the losses that I have gone through, uh, mainly because a lot of the people around me were also friends or family of the individuals that we lost, so they understood that. And a lot of people have been supportive because they're in the same boat. They have experienced loss in one way or another themselves. So I think when they hear of another person's loss, it's automatically that, that uh, love, that sympathy, that I understand where you're coming from. I'm here if you need anything. And I think that's been really, really important, especially during the pandemic, is having those individuals that you call friends, that you call family, that are just like, I understand what you're going through and I'm here for you if you need me. Uh, I think that's one thing that the pandemic has taught us is just how important these relationships are to us. And I think it's really taught us not to take those relationships for granted. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Okay, well, hello, it's Valentine. Um, I guess the only time I ever really had someone minimize a loss is when I didn't get to go on a cruise. It doesn't sound like it's that important, but it was my grandparents' 50th anniversary, and they invited the whole family to go on a cruise to the Bahamas. So that was just abruptly canceled because of all of this and like well it's just it's just a vacation it's not that important right well it it was more than just a vacation it was uh everybody being able to be together at the same time which is a very rare thing yeah and i'm, and I'm sure from what it sounds like it was a really big disappointment and I mean, it was the 50th year anniversary, like that's not gonna happen again. <laughs> okay, so there was a long pause, I guess I'll, I'll talk. Um, this is Chris. Uh, I haven't seen too much um, minimizing this year. I think the only point that I can really think of is, um, you know, there, there are people who have kind of minimized the, the the social isolation for me um, and that loss of connection there because they're like, well, you know, you're dealing with clients all day. Um, and I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of like a one way, more of a one way relationship by design. Um, you know, they're, they're not there for getting my needs met um, on a social or emotional level. And so I think that's really been the only sort of grief or loss um, that I've seen minimized by anyone else. I think otherwise people have been fairly understanding that we're all in this, all kind of in the same boat um, together. Uh, and, and, you know, to kind of speak to um, what the last woman who was speaking on the last question said, you know, I think part of that is um, also because I don't have a lot of people coming up and saying, oh, well, I'm not gonna do this or not taking it seriously because that's that's definitely a thing and i think people have been dealing with that um thankfully that's not something i've been having to deal with thanks chris yeah i would say um 
This is clarity, by the way. I've also noticed that a lot of people have been minimizing their experience because everybody is going through something similar. And I've had to, you know, kind of challenge people to realize that they still have a right to their experience, whether or not other people are experiencing something similar to them. Um, and I think just naturally as human beings, we do like to minimize our experience because it sometimes feels, I don't know, like we, we see that somebody else lost someone to like a death related loss and we're like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. And I know that that's going to be something we're going to talk about shortly, but I just wanted to bring that up. And I wanted to add a real quick thing to that. This is Chris. I, I see that a lot with clients too. And, and I also see it almost as kind of like this trauma response. You know, we, we kind of minimize it and we say that, oh, it's not so bad. And we, we compare, but you know, the things that we experience are big for us. Um, and so, you know, I think, that by diminishing our own grief or our own losses, um, we kind of get in the way of being able to grieve them. Very, very true. Yasmin or Nuance, would you like to say anything? Um, Yasmin here. Um, I, think, I think it's really interesting just how everybody times in in a sense like it can be difficult i guess it's difficult kind of interacting with each other when all of us have encountered a form of death whether it be the death of a person or it be the death of opportunity death of stability things like that um i'm grateful that i have not gone through any um people uh, minimizing what I've been going through with my family. There was like one snafu, but it wasn't really a snafu in my family. I just, you know, I, I just think everybody was just trying to learn how to do things for themselves. But I feel like I've been absorbing what my friends tell me about what their bad experiences are. And then I take those personally. <laughs> so, because I, I, yeah, as an empath, I can do that. And you know, I have to be careful not to do that. But yeah, that's basically my stance. Thank you for sharing, Yasmin. Um, the, the, the only minimization I've seen, I guess, has been more towards businesses, um, just from where I work professionally. Um, I've spoken with a lot of different vendors um, who are independent business owners. And I don't think, I, at least I didn't, know just how much they're being impacted and how much their loss has been minimized. Um, I know we've lost a lot of freedom, but the freedoms that these businesses and distributions and just vendors in general, a lot has been lost from them. And I think that's the minimization I've seen is just um, nobody really wants to talk about it. Ooh, very good point. And I think that kind of brings up forms of like contention too in the wake of things this is clarity by the way um just yeah that there's there's a lot of frustration on all ends of the spectrum related to all of these things um moving on to our next question is pretty much related to number four um it's why do we as a society minimize loss and especially losses that are non-death related 
Yes, being here. Um, I think that then really goes into the type of culture that we have here in America. I, assuming everybody on this call is American, I'm, I can speak specifically for Americans. Um, just kind of something I talked back on earlier, America tends to be one of the much more individualistic cultures in the world. We tend to, um, you know, we also tend to be, there's like this distinction with like, there's something called Hofstede's cultural dimensions. And there's about like about five, six, seven dimensions. And one of them are like to be cultures and to do cultures. And um, America being considered low context is a to do culture, which means that my identity within this culture is based on the things that I do, not based on who I am. So there's so much that we do. We gain identity and um, fulfillment what we're built into it by the things that we do, by how we work, who we socialize with, our friends, um, our hobbies, things like that. And, you know, I think that also it can be dealing with that being paired with being very individualistic, just culturally, being our environment. It's easy for us to focus more on ourselves and to also minimize the emotional impact of other people because the emotional emotions can be more suppressed within ourselves. So it can be expected to be that way for others as well. So, you know, there definitely can be people who say, oh, well, there's something I know that a bunch of us may have heard in some form or fashion outside of this or even within it is, oh, well, there are people that are worse off than you. And that's one of the most invalidating statements of all time because there's always going to be somebody that's worse off than you. But what's traumatizing for you is traumatizing for you. And which, you know, what is a loss for you is a loss. And that's still valid, you know, so, yeah. Thank you. And that's definitely true. Everybody experiences things individually. You know, like one person's experience might, may not affect another person the same way and vice versa. So, hello, it's Valentine. Um, yeah, I, I agree that the United States is a very individualistic place to be, and I don't think we really know how to think as a collective sometimes. And, yeah, so I just lost my train of thought. I'm sorry, but... <laughs> no, I'm fine. Uh, this is nuance. No, I understand what you're saying. I think as a collective, we just, we just want to go with the flow rather than go against the, the stream. Uh, this is Chris. I mean, obviously, the individualistic society thing is, is a factor here. And I think that also, you know, one of the things that I, they mentioned the Hofstetter is dimensions of, of a society. And I think that, you know, with that to-do kind of orientation where the focus is on what you're doing, also empathy as a practice and a, va and a value is diminished because it's not something that you're doing. It's kind of a state that you're in and that you provide for others. And so I think when you, don't, when you, when you see other people's pain and when you see their grief, when you don't have that, that ready stance of empathy, you know, what we're left with is our own discomfort with other people's painful emotional experiences. Um, and so at that point, we have our own feelings that we kind of get lost in at that point. Um, and what we do is we try to seek to fix it, right? You know, uh, 
you'll, you'll get people that are trying to problem solve away people's loss or their grief. And, you know, it, at that point, it's invalidating for the person who's experiencing the loss or the grief, and it's frustrating for the, for the person who's trying to, to fix it, uh, quote unquote. Um, and so what do we do we, to, to resolve that is we minimize it so that we don't have to sit with that harsh emotional response uh, or discomfort at seeing someone else in pain. Um, I think, and one thing that kind of exacerbates this too, or, or makes it worse is that, um, you know, part of the process of empathy and being with someone's grief and loss, it, it neurologically speaking kind of hinges on our ability to see them and experience them and have those things happen in our brain, which uh, give us that empathetic response. And I think that especially right now when we're so limited to like online connection, um, or video connection that has lag, right? Where we don't get those same sort of things. Um, you know, it makes it even more difficult. This is Clarity, thank you. That was extremely insightful and very helpful, I'm sure, for a lot of us to hear. Anyone else would like to speak? I think we can do probably one more person and then we're gonna move on to our next question. Okay, I think we're just gonna move on to our next question then. Um, does anybody want to share any regrets that they have from this year? Um, I can go, this is Cam. Um, I think the major regrets that I have for this year, um, I know you can't foresee a loss in, that occurs in your life, but I do wish that when we went on lockdown and the pandemic first hit the U.S., that I would have checked in on family and friends a little more. I feel like there are some people I just wish um, I should have reached out to more, even if it was just to ask how they were doing, if they were okay. Uh, I feel like there were some individuals in my life that were really going through a tough time and they kind of showed um, mainly on social media. And I kind of just, because I think I was, processing my own situation, that it was easy to kind of write off everyone else's situation. So I think that is one thing I regret is just not reaching out to people more and not maintaining certain relationships. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I'm sure that so many of us have similar regrets to what you're experiencing. I know as clarity for myself, the biggest regret I have for this year, get ready, because this is, I might get intense. Um, I, after the loss of my friend this year, I have been out of touch with, I was out of touch with him for probably a good 10 years. And a part of me was like, wow, I should have been in touch with him. I failed him. And I know ultimately that that's not the truth because, you know, friendships slowly come to closes and, you know, friendships also play a role, you know, like one person reaches out, the other person reaches back. And that wasn't really the case for either of us. But a part of me feels responsible that there was something that I could have done to help him so that he wouldn't have ended up taking his life. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. 
me here just for um, clarity. This is slightly unrelated, but I guess as a person that's also dealt, you know, being like, I think they consider people who are affected by the loss of a suicide as being like the survivors of the event, if I'm not mistaken. So I relate because that's happened to me before. I think it's very natural for us to feel like we could have done so much more. And I think that same feeling translates into a lot of um, just this year period. I think a lot of us wish that we were able to see certain family or friends and take advantage of certain things one more time before the freaking apocalypse kind of came in and kind of set in. And for me, one of my biggest regrets, I just, this is not weird. I wish, I don't know, I guess I wish that I pushed harder for some type of other employment or internship, but I was so brain dead from everything. I I had to kind of pause my semester and just literally just kind of sit with myself most of 2020 because I couldn't process anything. It was very difficult because so much was happening at once. And I do have some regrets, but I think now at the end of this year, I feel a lot better because I really needed it, you know? So yeah, that's me. Definitely. And just as this is clearly just to, um, to say what you had asked earlier, Yasmin, yes, um, I would be considered a survivor and so would you. So thank you for, mm-hmm. thank you for the relating. Yeah, and this is Chris. Um, being a survivor of a suicide, it, it kind of has this very um, specific feeling of regret too. Um, because we're often regretting something that we had very little control over because a lot of the time we don't know that a person's in that space. Um, And, you know, there's a difference between regret and hindsight. Hindsight, you know, it it can be useful for seeing the areas of what we did, but regret often is tied to judgment of ourselves, um, which can be like this cudgel that we we frequently use to kick our own butts. you know, and, I'll, and I'll share too, I'm a suicide survivor several times over. Um, and it's part of the reason why I'm, I'm in the field of mental health is specifically because of that. Um, and so, you know, I, yeah, I, sorry, I got lost in my own stuff for a second there. <laughs> um, but, you know, remember to, to be kind to yourself, you know, following something like that and recognize that if you had, if you had known more, you know, you would have done more you, you did everything you could with the best information that you had. So sorry, I guess that kind of became me kind of going into, to caretaking mode there. Um, so I don't know if I answered the question. (laughs) That's okay, Chris. We appreciate it. This is nuance here. I guess a regret I have of this year it's just not being as grateful as I was last year. Um, I think I I took a lot for granted last year and having a lot of freedom taken away this year, um, not being able to spend time with family this year for holidays, 
it's just if I'd been more grateful next last year, maybe not seeing them them this year wouldn't be so painful and frustrating. Thanks for sharing, Yolan. We can take one more person and then we're going to move on to the next question. You can all fight over it, or we can just move along. How about that? All right. So, lastly, this is our last question of the evening. What was it like discussing your losses with everyone tonight and hearing from others? Um, so this is Cam. I actually find it very therapeutic, honestly. I feel like it's really for me personally, it feels really good to talk about this with other people that have experienced or gone through it because it makes you feel like less isolated. It makes you feel like even though we're apart, there's still this sense of community and that we can relate to one another on a certain level um, and through certain emotions and certain feelings. So for me, it, it feels good to get this out and to really hear other people's stories and to also learn from other people's experiences during this time of the pandemic. Definitely. Thank you for sharing that. I think I so it's very relatable. Hi, Valentine. Uh, it's been a relief to talk about this stuff because um, I know we talked about minimizing losses before. My partner, um, he tends to be one of those people that the uh, have a problem, solve a problem kind of person, and he doesn't he doesn't really listen all the time. Just like oh, there's a problem, you can solve it. He's sometimes you actually need to feel and wallow in what is going on without having just a solution. And um, hearing about other people's experiences, being able to um, connect on a deep level, because I know a lot of workplace conversation is very on the surface and it's nice to be able to speak to other people in a very deep way. Yeah, this is Chris. and I. I want to agree with everything um, you guys said here, and I want to thank everybody also for for being really, really open and really, really honest about things. Um, you know, talking about the grief, talking about the rage. Um, you know, I, I think that hearing this from from everyone else and all these strangers, I've never you know talked with these folks before. Um, you know, it's validating to hear that that you know, we're all in the same boat because there's a, there's a way of having an academic or intellectual understanding of that. And it's very different when, when we're all here and, and we're feeling this stuff and, and it's, you know, we're sharing it. Um, a lot of the times because of that minimization in our culture, um, you know, we kind of get stuck alone with our own losses. And so it's been really nice to, to have everyone here and, and everyone being willing to share and open up about things. Um, yes, I mean, um, definitely agree with everybody. Um, Valentine definitely brought up something that really struck me, just being able to just sit in the grief and in those feelings. Um, I guess for me coming to this, a lot of raw feeling came out for me. I began to feel that rage kind of bubble back up to the surface yet again 
but um but also this has kind of been like a mindfulness exercise for me but also in a way in which I can listen to the experiences of others and see that like hey you don't have to naturally go through everything by yourself because I I do grieve very privately and I do tend to always deal with my things by myself especially being an introvert and already kind of like being a bit more and being a lot more physically um isolated and in a sense being more okay with it but it still becomes extremely heavy for me and it brings me to like into a state of inertia which kind of goes back into what I've had to do with kind of dealing with my life this year but it does feel good to speak to others always that um can relate yeah thanks so much for sharing Yasmin I think it's just it's a great reminder that you know, when we're going through really rough times that there are people that we can reach out to and that there is support. And this, the opportunity for everyone tonight to share is proof of that. And we, we want to thank everybody. This is Nuance here. Um, we knew this topic was not a lighthearted, fun topic. And we, we appreciate you guys taking the time out to really open yourself up to complete strangers and share your stories and your grief and your loss with us we know it it wasn't an easy choice to make and we, we appreciate you making that choice to be open with us and connecting with others yeah so with that we are actually going to close out and we're going to end the night um so thank you again for attending and if you want to stick around just briefly after to just chat um that is fine as well. So thanks everyone.